welcome to another edition of Three Men in a War Game. I am your host, Kevin. And since we're doing sultry voices tonight, I'm your host, Paul. Yeah, I was like, that was the most smooth jazz intro <laughs> Kevin's ever done. Uh, hey, this Potter, I'm not going to follow that trend because fuck it. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. And we're, that's, that's not the kind of podcast this is. I'm just like, are you are you kind of here the first time? This is going to be a little more Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I know we're close to Valentine's Day, but God, I'm, dude, you're married. I, you know, I can't, I can't take that away from your wife. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, we're going to talk about some cool stuff today, I think. Uh, but before that, we have to talk about a hobby progress. Um, I'll go first. I'm actually kind of excited about my hobby Ooh. progress this time. Um, I uh, painted a new warband for uh, Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, not surprising anyone since I've been on that train for a while. Um, but the cool thing is, is that I have painted one of the oldest warbands in the game, uh, which is the Sepulchral Guard. Uh, and the reason that that is significant is that some of the warbands in Warhammer Underworlds have gotten a full facelift mechanically through the updated starter kits that are sold on Warhammer Online or uh, Warhammer's website and also in games or in um, Barnes and Noble. Mm. So they have a brand new, what's called rivals deck, uh, which has basically brought them up from what would have been like the original design standards to more of like in line with the current flow of the game. So the way the game works now, the way the game's statted now, the way that the cards are written, the way abilities are written, they've gotten a total refresh Good for them. That's exciting. Uh, in that, yeah, so this the the capiest cape to ever cape has been painted um, <laughs> on the and if you, if you don't know the models, you should Google Sepulchral Guard and that cape will stand right out to you. It is like a Frank Miller Batman cape. It is mm-hmm. ridiculous. That's actually a really this, good way to describe Sepulchral that cape. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a lot. It's a lot of fabric. I, I prefer capiest um, cape that is ever caped. I I don't I don't <laughs> think you could ever say it better than that. Yeah, I, that that's not me. That that's credit to to Skyler, our uh, our Warhammer Underworlds uh, true champion and hero. In the uh, he's the guy who runs the local scene here, and also has a podcast called What the Hex. Uh, that's a that's that is him, the capiest cape that ever cape I, caped. I heard well, from him. Shake first, it, shake so his I'm hand for me because it. that is uh, phenomenal. As somebody who likes yeah, a good joke, wordplay, I'm on it. <laughs> yep. Uh, but aside, that's not the only thing I did, you guys. Uh, I also, after taking a set off from Flesh and Blood, I did not buy very much, if not any, uh, bright lights because it wasn't really a, a set that interested me. I wasn't into all mechanologist stuff. Mm. I bought a lot of the new set heavy hitters. <laughs> um, and I'm going to consider, you know, like opening cards, being excited, sorting cards as hobby sure. progress. Um, but even more than that, you guys... Um, there is a game, and we're not talking about this isn't going to be the podcast, don't worry about it, but this is just Kevin Loves Cards. Uh, there's a Kickstarter right now for a game called Altered, uh, and Altered is a game that's from a French studio uh, headed up by the developer of many popular board games, um, like Seasons, as an example, uh, and also artists uh, that have been big in the board gaming scene. So this is a game where... Rather than fighting against each other, you, the players of this card game are leading 
expeditions across an unknown realm and you are trying to get your leader and your companion to explore the area faster than your opponent so it's 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 more of like an archaeological race than it is like a fight to the finish and all of the art is bright and colorful and inclusive um and super positive and really cool it's like a spirit of adventure rather than a fighting game and i really really like that that it's non-combative and that it's also like sort of like bright future Mm -hmm. and very cool um and the art is just gorgeous like if you go to the altered tcg kickstarter the art's really great uh and they've already raised like i don't know it's like two and a half or three and a half million dollars or some insane amount of money uh so i they have print and play um available on the website so everything you could want for the game to try it so all the factions have a print and play deck um and all the rules are available so then they're just like look we think if you play this game you'll buy it and i got really big early steam forged vibes from that and that's what that's actually why i brought this up is that it gave me like the same kind of like confidence that the guild ball kickstarter did where they were like look here's a bunch of standees mm-hmm. Here's the rules. Try the game. We promise you'll, you'll buy you will back it. You will back it if you mean? try it. Exactly. And that's the kind of like confidence and excitement that I'm getting from the backers of Altered and also the developers, right? Like, and I, I that confidence, I think, went far enough that I printed off uh, half of the decks, three of the six factions. I printed off the decks. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to try them out tomorrow uh, at Underworlds. So I'm really, really excited about it. I haven't backed it yet. Um, and I don't know that I will, right? So I'm going to put the yet on there because I'm not sure that I'll back it. But I am excited enough to have spent some time printing and cutting the cards and then proxying them uh, with some some flesh and blood bulk to try this new, cool, um, differently spirited card game, right? I just think it's really I'm, neat. I'm looking forward to hearing more of your excitement about it. Yeah, because like, you know, like there's like lots of card games that have alternate win conditions like Keyforge. You're not like trying to kill your opponent, Mm -hmm. but there's still combat in the game. Right. Um, And that's not really the the idea of this game. The the idea of this game is more like who can be the better explorers. um, And and it really comes through in the whole vibe of the game. Um, So I'm really, really looking forward to trying it. That's great. I and that's my hobby progress. All right, Chris, why don't you go? What have you been up to? For me, let's see, um, a lot, actually. Um, I know, that's why I wanted you to go. I know, I I figured that was going to happen. Let's see, uh, I have painted, started to paint uh, a unit of moo cows for Conquest, my haspists. Uh, All the cows have their flesh on it. They have started to get the the main army color added to them. Um, Let's see, I painted a giant the other day for Conquest. Um, I finished building my Agema, Agema, uh, however you pronounce it, I'm not Greek, um, and then I started painting them, so they have paint on them as well too, uh, so I've actually been quite busy in the painting and building realm, and uh, getting more stuff done, I've, I've got a pile of shame sitting behind me that's going, please build us, so hopefully that'll be the next focus is getting the rest of that crap built. <laughs> I was going to say, you've, you've at least made progress towards getting it. Yeah, I, I, into I, it. I, I'm trying yeah. to this year do a hashtag no proxy 2024. Um, so it. I'm trying to at least get everything built and on the table. And then I'm, I'm trying to have uh, at least 
some paint progress every week if if regardless if it's maybe just one model got paint on it it's it's at least progress every week so that's that's my goal for 2024 um i i think i've done enough to make up for not doing it in january and starting it in february <laughs> uh but uh that is at least the 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 goal that i'm going with yeah but you've you but you you definitely like had stuff painted over, over uh, I mean, January. I had stuff. Yeah, I mean, at least stuff was had paint on it. Like I, I used the airbrush. Unfortunately, I broke a yeah. piece on it the other day, which the replacement just showed up. Um, so I mean, I airbrushed the the, the green, the jade green that I'm going yep. with um, on all my haspis or not my haspis, my hoplites. So all my hoplites have paint on them. Uh, to you some man, see, degree. that's that's progress. That's progress, right? Like like when I hear like. Or at least when I think of I, you know, as long as I have something more painted than I did last week. I mean, if it's like one guy who now has skin on it, that counts. Yeah. Like I mean, as that, long as it's that, something yeah, somewhere, because sometimes you just don't want to paint or you don't have the time. But if you can just, you know, throw some color on on a guy, you well, know, I that, started, that counts. Yeah, that all so works. I started. I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen again uh, to get caught up uh, with the the story, like I always do towards the end of of their expansions. I just go in and play the whole story at once. So while I've been sitting in like dungeon queues, I just pull the palette over and just start painting until mm-hmm. my queue pops because I always play as DPS. So um, that's what I've been using my queue time for is just to paint models. That's awesome. That's a that's a great way to do that. How about you, Hell Mr. Yeah. Mr. Paul? Uh, so let's see. I have. Uh... I mean, most of what I've worked on is the uh, the drum beast, um, and holy shit, which is epic and amazing. It's huge, and I love yes, it. it's there's so much. It's so good. There's so much more to do, um, but the 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 beast himself, the 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 brontosaurus himself, is done or herself is done. Um, I've got the beginning of the platform that rides on her back. Um, I have basically all of the stuff that gets set up on the left side, uh, cut out and glued and I'm in the middle of priming it. Cause I figured if I did all the left side and then did all the right side, then I wouldn't get confused on, on what went where. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, it's, it's, it's slow. Um, I, I actually do have my next step, um, which is kind of the one of the barriers around the platform on the back of it that I painted a, I I couldn't decide what it was. So I was talking to one of our other players and, and he decided that it looked like it was shells because I didn't, I I didn't want to do wood, uh, for it or, or leather for it. Cause there's so much Brown in my woodroon anyway. Um, so I, since, since I was, I, I thought the shell idea was, was kind of great. So I, I painted them like a, a pastel salmon color. Uh, and I think against the rest of that model, it's going to look pretty awesome. Um, so I'm working on that slowly, but surely there's, there's, there's a lot to do. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. And I've been, I I have been putting them on the table. Uh, and I, uh, it's, it's, it's great with the, with the, uh, Scion attached to it. It's just, it's, it's incredible and it looks great. Uh, I took a picture of her the other day when I was playing with Chris and uh, she was kind of walking behind a forest. So, you know, you have the standard uh, battlefield in a box trees and then and then she's just towering over it. Um, Probably one of my favorite gaming pictures I've ever taken. Um, So that's been a lot of what I've been doing. Um, I'm also still painting um, my my veterans. 
finishing off that box as I go along because uh, I keep getting distracted for by like you know uh, triceratops and big big old fun dinosaurs. So I'm I'm trying to get some paint on these guys as I go along as well. Uh, and the other thing that I started doing is that uh, I started building my first perfect grade Gundam, which has been awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, super exciting. Yeah. Um, and I need to, I need to get back to that one, but then like I was doing that, uh, the beginning of January and then in the middle of January, I played my first conquest game and then I was like, paint the conquest. So. We had a, we had an EP contest the other day at work at which, which had bigger boxes, the, uh, PGs for Gundams or Legos, <laughs> Lego one. <laughs> um, I, th- Hmm. Probably, but I, I feel like Gundam's more consistent with the big boxes. Anyway, that's a that's a heck of an episode discussion. Um, <laughs> I, could, was, I could probably talk about that all day. It was literally just about the outside box, not the like the contents within. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to. Yeah, uh, I'd have I'd have to look at the the castle again and see how big that I, compares to like my probably unleashed. I work with yeah. nerds. We find the fun stuff to talk about. I like that. That's a that's a cool discussion. Anyway, so speaking of discussion. <laughs> See, I helped the segue. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, so for our main topic, we are going to talk about today when to get into a game. Like, when do you jump into a game? And I think this is actually fascinating uh, because – there are a multitude of factors that lead to this decision, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and that's uh, where and that's where I was thinking about that today. Um, is that you know sitting on the Discord and watching communities grow, and you know watching people kind of be like, "Oh, I'm not sure. Like, if I want to jump in, do I want to? Do I not want to? Who's going to play?" And then just kind of watching that dance. Um, of people trying yep. to make that decision yep. and then, you know, watching it spin up to, oh, I picked up some models. Okay, since you pick some up, I'm going to pick some up and, oh, hey, let's go try and play and let's learn. And it's it it just absolutely fascinated me to kind of sit back and, and watch that um, decision go through because, uh, you know, just over a year ago, I was going through that with, with Conquest. Yeah, and, and I think there's also like a, a couple different factors for different types of people and also for different levels of motivation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but certainly, and I think we'll talk about this as the most obvious is that the, it, it, when to get into a game is at local critical mass. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and local critical mass is important to talk about because outside of games workshop, uh, games in this hobby are almost always going to be micro communities. Mm-hmm. You know, there, if you don't have an infinity scene in every town. Like, e- even in every town that has a miniature scene isn't going to have an infinity scene. Right. Uh, and that's true of Malifaux, Crisis Protocol, Conquest, Kings of War, game down the line, game down the line, game down the line, right? We, all, we have these sort of mini communities, and it's all of the people who are playing the games that aren't Games Workshop games or on the side of their Games Workshop right. games. Uh, are playing these different games. And since there's only so much time and so much money, we kind of naturally gravitate toward games. And I think critical mass is definitely one of the most important factors Mm -hmm. for this. And so the cool thing is that uh, 
at least I, I think for us and for our listeners is to talk about what that means to us. You know, like when, when is it enough for you? And I think this is actually really good, Paul, because you were just hinting at how that you were going through this last year with conquest, Mm -hmm. but I'd be really interested to hear your take on what pulled you in. And then I can talk about actually my most recent experience with that too. So, uh, and, and I know this is for other people too. Like I definitely have friends who are in this situation, but in all honesty, one of my, one of my go points is, can I get Potter to play? (laughs) No, no, seriously. Will, will Potter play with me? If I can, if I, if Potter will play with me, then I know that I have at least one person to play the game with. So spending a couple bucks on the minis is is fine. Oh my like god! Because 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 what I was gonna, I was just waiting for for Kevin to ask me this question. And I'm like, it's whatever Paul tells me to buy. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. That, it's so funny. But it's true. Like like, and that's and that's, but that's like the advantage to having a, a friend local who is you know interested in games. There's um, the, the, the Stevens are like that, Chris, like, like if, if one Steven plays a game, the other Steven plays the game. So, you know, yeah. like, and, and they play lots of games because of that. And it just makes it so easy, so much easier, you know, to know that you at least have that one person that you can sit there and, and play the game with. I mean, um, cause that was, that was like Star Wars Legion. Like I had, I had as much as a Star Wars fan as I am, I had zero intent of buying into that game. I walk into the store and see Paul playing it. I walk out with models. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you instantly, as soon as you know that you can have, you can get a game, right. And, and having a, a long-term friend that, you know, your friendship is, is, you know, started because of gaming, um, you know, it, it, it makes it easier. And mm-hmm. I, I and in all honesty, I feel uh, very lucky as a war gamer to know that, you know, like um, pretty much anything like, you know, Chris and I could find a, a, a middle ground of like, hey, yeah, let's, you know, let's buy 10 models and, and try it out. Fuck. He told me for the, the first like decade of knowing him, I, I'm never playing rank and flank again. Um I was done with it. Yeah, I was done, <laughs> done. with it. Done with it. Done. And and that's Skirmish why I was always like, at. all right, I'm 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 never going to play conquest, but I'm going to keep going in and drooling over the models. Uh, and then just it was like it was it was critical mass. It was like you know it just kind of came together that that Potter discovered the the Byzantine and and Greek stuff, and uh, I gave him a dwarf for Christmas with with no expectation of playing any of the game, and that was you know. Almost very, three. very, very adamant on the handoff of the Christmas gift that this in no way is a hint. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like, like that's that's part of it, right? Like knowing that that you have somebody to play and and in the bigger scheme of things that might be, you know, going to the store and finding out if people are playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how my crew ended up moving from. Games Workshop to, to War Machine really, is, you know, it was more along the lines of like me, me and a friend grabbed some starter boxes and we were playing. And and as people start, saw us talking about it and saw us playing about it or playing it, like the, you know, I went away for a little bit because I got married and life changed and I came back and it's like, 
screw GW, everybody's playing War Machine now. And it was just, it was fun to watch that critical mass of like me and my buddy just taking two battle boxes of, you know, three models at the time and just throwing them on the table. And now all of a sudden we've got like all of our competitive 40K players playing this game, um, which was fun when I came back from after getting married and, and, and everything. It was awesome. So what, what was your point that you wanted to talk about, Kev? You said you had an experience. Well, I do. Well, I mean, it's with Warhammer Underworlds. Um, and there's some critical mass there for me. What I knew is that there was a community here locally that uh, was big enough that they ran quarterly leagues and tournaments. And so generally, when you have a community that's dedicated enough to be doing a league every quarter and their Discord is very active, which I knew because I had been sort of lurking in it before because I have a, a friend, Sky, Skyler, who's a, you know, a friend via board game community and all sorts of other stuff uh, and has been a member of our Discord for a long time. I, I had always kept up with the community and seen that it was a, a larger community. But this actually, it's going to be a, so, so segue into the next section um, after Critical Mass which is that a new version of or a new it's not a new version of the game, but a new season of Warhammer Underworlds came out. And for me, I found it as a good jumping in point. And I knew that there was enough players locally and that I'd be able to play every week and that there were rules changes to the game that I really liked that I was able to just like hop right in. And having that critical mass is great because there's people to teach me as I was stumbling. So I, you know, a lot of the stuff that I would normally need upfront, which for me is reading the rule book inside and out multiple times so that I can teach the game to another player was not on me. Suddenly that burden was shift off, shifted off me and I knew we were going to be going into, again, this place where there was, you know, eight to 12 people every week and now it's 22 people Jeez. on our good Good weeks. Lord, I didn't realize you had jumped up that high. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that and the, tw- the week that 22 people were there, I wasn't there and there were two other players I know that weren't mm. there, plus maybe more that I don't know. So yeah, the, it's really great. That's, a, that's um, awesome playing during, to have a community that large, man. Man, so cool, especially for a game like Warhammer Underworlds, which to be fair is in with this sort of crew of misfit games mm-hmm. that aren't because it's not 40k it's not aos it's not the you know it's a it's a game that a lot of people sort of write off and discount and they just use the models as aos proxies or whatever so it is kind of kind of like a niche game even though it's games workshop but yeah it's really cool to have that big community and having knowing we had that critical mass of gamers was legit the thing that pushed me in like i i wouldn't have bought into the game if it was just a friend that was like hey the rules are refreshed and they're good i would have been like why don't we play relic blade though (laughs) you know what i mean or malifaux or whatever um so it, it just it, it is like that that thing where there was enough people playing that pushed me right into it. But that brings me to another point, though, uh, if, if you got if you guys are ready to move yeah. on from critical. Mm-hmm. Mass. Yeah, yeah. let's go. What's next? I, the the, ne- the next thing of when to jump into a game is an addition change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so an addition change is a big deal because it, a fresh start is a big deal in a game because you can sort of feel like you're getting in on the ground floor, even if it's a newer version of the game. 
so an, an example of this is that we picked up a ton of well we lost it's funny because we lost a lot of vets but then the, the, there were a lot of new players that wanted to try out Malifaux mm, when third edition that's what came. I was, was going to bring Malifaux up as an example yeah that's a good game to choose yep mm-hmm and it's going to be true of any game, right? When the when X Wing flipped over into Second Edition, they lost a lot of the old blood, but a lot of new people came mm-hmm. into the game because the game had been languishing. And it feels like a good jumping off point because you're at sort of the same level as everybody else in terms of your knowledge of the game system. Because there's changes, things are going to be different. Um, and this is, I mean, true for a, a lot of systems. Like for me, with Infinity. Uh, infinity is when uh, like the, uh, the move, uh, like I had tried right in the second edition of infinity and it was just too much for me mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or wait, wait, third, it, it, the third edition. Yeah. Right. And it coming into where we are now, I was like, Oh boy, it's going to be a fresh start. They're going to revamp the rules. It's not going to be just a massive amount of rules bloat. This is where I'm jumping in. Yep. I'm going to yeah. try it. No. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because I, I remember uh, Malifo looking at it in first edition and, and really enjoying the models. But then when I looked at the rules, I was like, nah, I'm good. And then I moved here, saw Paul play, and I was like, this is way different than what it was in first edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would, yeah first and second are very different, uh, yeah. very different end goals. And, you know, it just it was just that point to to be able to, to jump in. And, and you're right, like that fresh start. You know, you, you don't feel like you're decades behind, uh, you know, knowing stuff and, and especially if you're trying to play competitively. Right. You you just can jump in and everybody else is trying to unravel the same puzzles and figuring out how everything plays. And there's, you know, everybody, not everybody, but there tends to be that, you know, the phenomenon of the Internet group think of, of what's good and what isn't. And that's not there yet. So people are trying shit out. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why that's so exciting is because. You know, it's just new and, and, and everybody's in that spot. Yeah, I, th- I think another cool thing, yeah. an aspect about when it comes to rules addition changes is, is not just like you're starting from a fresh point in terms of rules and learning things, but you get a lot of new either re-sculpts or modernization of older models or you're getting all the new shiny models as well too. So there's that sense of, you know, coming in and, and you've got all the new stuff and it's not this outdated metal, you know, models from 30 years ago. You're getting the new plastics and updated sculpts and modern, you know, 3D printings and or not 3D print but 3D design. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's that nice, you know, fresh feel of those models as well too when you come into those new additions usually. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean that's 100%. that's 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 actually not something I thought of. Yeah. No, me either. I'm sort of like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm absorbing that one. I'm, you get I'm the new, you get the new shiny. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. You do get the new shiny. That is, I mean, that's a that. I, it's funny because I, I thought I was like I considered all of these things before we sat down, and I hadn't really considered when I, with the addition changes that also the new and shiny and the new flashy models is like a thing that can pull you in, and very often the, it might be the be thing the that thing yeah that pulls you in. yeah because you you may be looking at something like. Like, let's use Conquest as an example. Um, when Conquest first came out, we we talked about it briefly on the show because um, it was new. And, and, and Kevin, you explained the the concept of the of the command deck and everything else. I was like, that really interested me in a cool in a different way of doing a fog of war mechanic in in a miniatures game because miniatures games have have really started doing that with like Legion, you know, some other games out there that are mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I looked at the models and I was like, Ugh, I didn't really like it. Like jump start mm-hmm. two three years later now to see where they are with with 
you know, the the brand new uh, Spires model just came out for for uh, for their automata. I think it's what it is, and it is a resculpt of it. I'm like, God, I want to play Spires now. Um, you know, they they've they've gone leaps and bounds in terms of their design. The models are fantastic now. So I mean, I think I think sometimes like that you may get to that critical mass, but you're like. It, a lot of us play factions and play armies because we like the way that they look. And, and for me at the time, conquest just was not, you know, checking that box for me, but now God, it does. Yeah. And, and you know what, you're, you're right. Because in all honesty, if, uh, if I'd liked the looks of the spires better, uh, I probably, I would have been in probably from day one to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. with you, but I just like, they were, they were, you know, they were gross, but not, my gross. I yeah, guess. I mean, after playing against them twice, they're definitely your style of army. But it's it's it is because again, you don't like the look of them, so you don't play them, which is surprising to me. Because again, that's your play style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's always the future. <laughs> oh God, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> We're done. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and and yeah, and that's just. That's just it, right? Like also, you know, figuring figuring that out and and you know getting getting that game to a point where you like what you see, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's actually a, a really important thing because you could you could like everything about the game, but if it if it looks ugly to you, then uh, what's the point? Yeah, I'm, that's a and that's such a huge part. Like I've had so many I, like more people than I would have expected. I've asked them if they wanted to try Malifaux and they're just like, nothing in that game aesthetically appeals to me. And part of me is like, yeah, what? Like, what is <laughs> there's something for that? everybody. Uh, there's something for everybody. Yeah. You just said that. I'm like, what I'm, are they smoking? I'm telling you, I have, I have heard that from, from enough more than one people that it was like, Oh, I guess that aesthetic is not for everyone. Cause I mean, it's there. It, it is true that in it, inside of Malifaux there are lots of different tropes and things that you can lean on Mm -hmm. but the game does have a unified Mm -hmm. art aesthetic yes yes art wise Uh, absolutely you're right and if that aesthetic doesn't do it for you then that it's the same as nothing in the game looking good right that's fair so um (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's funny that I that 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 it, that is true and it's been true on a, a surprising number of occasions for me that I've asked a person if they want to try Malifaux and they're like I looked at the models and just nothing did it for me I was like mm, all yeah because right, the funny thing yeah. is, is like um, I Neverborn not my play style whatsoever at all and the yeah. only reason I played Neverborn because I played I played uh, Lynch, Lynch and I played uh, got <laughs> yeah. Lilith and. I played it because I love the look of the models and the aesthetic of Neverborn. Like, I could never play Pandora because I just couldn't grasp her. But, like, God, I wanted to because her crew was cool as shit. Yep. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you talk about that, though, Chris. Like, I will will never find a better uh, representation of undead in 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 a tabletop game than I will with Nicodem. Yeah, I know. And yeah, yeah, Nicodem is like I the hated I hated sure. playing your Nicodem list. <laughs> I liked playing my Nicodem list and I wish I wish he had never gone away. Makes me sad. Well, I mean, they have Von Schill now and Von Schill's pretty pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know how I am uh, when I get I, bitter. I know. I've been trying to break him up, I mean, but, but it's not happening. 
I'm telling you, Von Schill does things similar to what Nicodem did. Um, I know. I've been I've been but, thinking about busting yeah. out the clear Terra. Oh hell yeah! I've actually been considering ju- double dutching back in, um, but not with my Bayou because I have all my du- Bayou stuff. But like jumping in with like. Oh, Perdita <laughs> is one of the ones there I've been go. looking it's at. It's not like I don't have a, an Asami uh, box sitting right behind me that I haven't built yet. I know. Yeah. And, and the the other one I was looking at was actually the uh, the um, Day of the Dead mm. uh, Lady Justice. Yeah, it's a gorgeous box. The other... Yeah, the other thing. See, and anyway, and the, and this is this the, going back to uh, what gets you into the game, right? Like knowing that I have I have a a built in opponent in Chris, like going out and building a single crew and only using that crew is like feasible. And also, like you could slow grow the crew together, sure. go from like yeah. thirty five to fifty soul stones, yep. and just like and and you're not even talking about a big investment there either, but, right? In, in money or time. Yeah, right? but even this goes back to our topic of like new edition because what third edition did for Malifaux was allowed you to focus on those specific crews and not have to worry about a faction mm-hmm. with the keywords. Like again, yeah, another let me really tell you, cool way to jump into a game and not have to feel overwhelmed of you know I don't like. I have to pick a faction, but every faction has, you know, the the scheme runner. Every faction has the assassin. Every faction has X, Y, Z. Like, now you can just go, fucking Asami looks cool. I'm picking her. Uh, Lynch is really cool. I'm picking him. And um, I'm going to go with the end load because, you know, old man killing things. That is the the biggest strength of, of current Malifaux. Although right? I just picked all 10 Thunders. <laughs> just realized. Yeah. Yeah, that you might you might have an affinity. Uh, Quiet, <laughs> don't tell my <laughs> secrets. Uh, but yeah, so going to another thing, right? Because we've so we've talked about a few things to get you in. One is critical mass, and one is a new edition. Uh, another one, uh, and and perhaps the most important one for guys, I, I think, like us, like because, and, and I'll say this because we have a podcast that's not dedicated to all, all, all miniatures war game it's every miniatures war game uh so i think we have a, a built-in love of the new uh and we like reading new rule systems but a new shiny mm-hmm, game mm-hmm. um is another reason to jump in especially if it's a game that appeals to your basis instincts as a war gamer uh, or you feel like it fits a niche that you haven't explored before. And, and I have a particular game in mind, which for me is uh, Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone. Uh, but that's a mouthful. To say so so you, you know, it's funny. I was actually when you were bringing up your third game during the hobby progress, I was really hoping that was the game you were talking about. So I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> uh, so the, I actually so I, I do have that on the agenda, but I'm actually I so I know that there is a new Relic Blade Kickstarter coming up and we've also got an uptick, a huge uptick of Madison players getting into Relic Blade and me with, you know, I have like I think a quarter of the model range painted, maybe a third of the model range painted for Relic Blade. And so I'm really excited that more players are picking it up. And I'm, I have a, a, a need to paint everything that I own before the new Kickstarter so that I can feel okay about getting the new Kickstarter and not adding to a backlog of Relic Blade minis. So that's going to be it next. And then after that is Combat Zone. Um, because yes, Combat Zone is super cool. And the way I would describe Combat Zone is actually kind of like sci-fi Relic Blade. It has 
it, they're, they're not is super similar games, but they are similar in that they're intent-based, very cinematic feeling games and somehow highly tactical, even though the rules overhead is low and they go more toward feeling than crunchy rules, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I've been I've been watching the channel uh in our Discord intently on it, um, because the, the concept and the design of it and the, and the theming is really interesting to me. But, you know, I, I've, I've, as we've talked about in the past, like I've, I've downgraded a lot of my games. I pretty much only have Conquest and, and uh, Shatterpoint at this point in time, uh, game wise anymore, because just not having the space or the, or the headspace for it. But that game very much interests me. And I've been watching your community that you guys have up there and seeing how much fun you guys are having with it and wishing that we had a community down here for it. Yeah. I don't want to go too deep on it. So they have it. They, they, the part of the problem is that the game's been hard to get, uh, but monster fight club just released a whole new reprint wave of the game. So it's going to be more available. Nice. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about it. I didn't want to talk too much about it until it was more widely available. Uh, and we have, and also I had more written down. So I have, I actually have two pages of notes, like a full, a full, almost a full episode worth of notes. I just, I've only played the game twice and I really want to get, you know, four or five more games in before we record one. Cause I want to do it justice because I want to be able to give exposure to the game and, and, and do justice to the rule system because it is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, um, that's another game right now that I'm seeing like is hitting, you know, critical mass, you know, for people jumping in. Cause you've yep. got, Underworlds that just took off. You've got Conquest that's now taking off in Madison. You, and this game as well, too. So it's it's really cool as an outsider to watch you guys reach that point. And, you know, if people jumping in because the models look cool. Like, you know, I just saw someone grab some 3D printed, uh, like, gangsters with Oni masks, which looked amazingly awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's been fun watching you guys get to that critical mass and seeing the people jump on and, like, like what's interesting them in seeing that from an outside perspective was, has been a very fun and interesting. And part of it's because it's a new game and part right. of it's because it is at critical mass. And, and the thing is, is like, you know, we all know each other now and most of the, I think, a lot of us trust one another's opinions. And so as soon as, especially what you've seen in the discord is you've seen a lot of us that were previously Malifaux players ah. being like, yo, this game is the business. <laughs> and, and, and when we say it and when I say it, you know, they're like, Kevin, you think everything is great, but then there's a couple more players and then a couple more players are like, wait, 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 wait. Everyone I was playing Malifaux with likes this game. There must be something to this one. Uh, and so more people will jump into it, but I, I'm here to tell you there is something to that game. That game is rad. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, we, we we'll talk about it in another episode, but yeah, it, it looks we great, will. and we I will. can't wait till us to discuss it. But new games, I mean, that this this comes back to Conquest too, because even though Conquest is now old in terms of like it's not, it's more than a year old. It also has it had the unfortunate. Uh, sort of timing to kind of release in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it released <laughs> just right before, before, uh, before and, yeah, right before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And I mean that's the same thing that happened to Flesh and Blood, right? And Flesh and Blood almost had a false start. Had it not been for webcam tournaments, mm-hmm. I don't I think it's very possible that Flesh and Blood might have just died. Because it, you know, it released in late 2018, early 2019, and it, its third set, they actually ordered the print run in March of 2020, early. Can you imagine 
pressing print on oh, something geez. in early March of 2020 and then late March 2020 the whole world shuts down. Yeah, and then you run out of paper um, in the world. Yeah. You mean you mean Oof. you mean like Privateer so, Press did with uh what you call it? Third edition. Yeah. yeah. No, the other the the, the Oh, the Monster Apocalypse? No. Uh oh my god. Uh War, Warcaster? The, the future oh, futuristic right. one. See? Yeah. They got they got they yeah, like they were like March 2020. Oh. Oh, nobody's going to play. Stuffed by the <coughs> stuffed by yeah. the pandemic. Yep. Yep. And that sucks. And th- and so Conquest so Conquest is still very much a new game. Uh in terms of the minds of war gamers and people are just starting to wake up I, to I it. I was about to say like it feels like it on a global level it's finally hitting that critical mass at a global yeah. level. Yeah. Uh, I actually I so if I had to if I had to put my crystal ball on it, I would say that Conquest is going to have a 70 to 120 percent player increase this year over last year um but just from the trajectory that i've seen of like chatter about it and people and not just in madison i mean mm-hmm, everywhere yep. on the facebook in the adepticon server like all of the places that i'm seeing conquest i'm seeing lots more lots more things and they're getting everywhere and demoing everywhere and people are seeing tournaments getting larger and larger for it well so i think, I think parabellum it's gonna pick up steam. yeah i think they did a smart thing because this year is the first announcement of like their global tournament like that they're doing like they they did Being very held sm- on the beach in greece yeah like it's like they did they did a very very smart thing of like waiting for their game to get out there and not doing everything all at once. And I think that's really helped them gain that traction. Um, you know, the fact that, like you said, this game came out 2018, 2019 timeframe, and here we are in 2024. So we're, we're what, six years this game's been potentially been out and we're just mm-hmm. now getting their global tournament circuit. So, cause they didn't want to rush it. They wanted to make sure that their game was right. We're coming into 2.5 edition tomorrow. The rules for that drop tomorrow, um so and we they, get to see I, the sorcerer kings yeah we get we just got to see our sort the sorcerer king rules they're coming tomorrow the models got shown so they they're very smart and i think in their business plan of like they're not rushing things out to market they're they're being they're being steady they're being you know critical thinking about it and and it's i think it's really helped them survive the pandemic and now get to the point where they're starting to flourish all right so 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 i gotta i gotta say this so sorry to kind of cut off uh, but you just you just made me realize something, uh, and this goes back to to something Chops was talking about at the during hobby progress. But uh, also comes down to your confidence in the company, right? Like like oh, like Parabellum, boy. we had no idea, and so you know the models weren't great looking at first. I didn't love the spires, but then you know uh, dwarves came out and they look kind of cool. Nords look kind of cool, and then you know they hit Wadroon, and then it's just been like light years uh, at that point. But Seeing that confidence in in Parabellum being able to do it, seeing Guild Ball, right? Like you talked about earlier with the standards being like, just try it, you'll buy it. Um, you know, like that 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 confidence in them. Now, now it can be misguided, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we we've talked about that before on Kickstarter and and the one that's you know <laughs> shit the bed, right? So, uh, but I feel oh, I, I don't know but, how to laugh or cry. But, I, but sorry, but I feel like but I feel like we we. At least for us, there's more hits than misses. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But and and a lot of that comes down to you know that confidence in the game and being able to, um, you know, show that it's good and and you know sometimes and, and here's what we're learning right like sometimes it's like Steamforge where they just lay their dick out on the table and are like yeah this is what we got 
um, or it takes some time to build like it has for for Parabellum. But it's that confidence. Yeah, That's it is a so huge weird thing. with Paradellum that it took so long. But yeah, they did have a lot. And if you remember, I, re- I Pepper's Farms remembers. <laughs> I remember being at Adepticon 2019, and they were they were demoing Conquest and just giving people frames of models. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were just like, here's here's a frame. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean they did the, they did the same thing for stores as well too. Like they were just giving away sprues uh, of models for you to build and. For your, for, you know, the, you know, to build the hype and say, hey, here's this game, do the playtesting in the store, give a shit ton of these sprues out to let people build them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and I think that legwork really, if you think about it, that legwork is probably what got them to where they are now. And I think they, like I, like I said, I still think of it as a new game yep. because they had that fault, that pandemic false start. And now we're starting to see that that gra- groundwork they laid starting all the way back in 2019 is paying off mm-hmm. for them. 100%. And I think if we hadn't had the pandemic, we wow. would have seen this game explode in, in late 2020, early 2021 instead of now. So, and, and thinking, I was just trying to do the math in my head to figure out where they were when, when the pandemic hit. Uh, pandemic would have started when Nords released. Yes. Yes. It was very early. Yeah, that's that's pretty early because that's that's two years in, two years into their their um, game. Yeah, and 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 we have to remember it's it's not just kind of that it, it's two years in, it because they, they didn't even have product for the first right. year. Yep, it was just demos and giving people frames, right? So it was really a year or less in, and and a year or less into a game that was coming brand new from a brand new unproven company. Even, even if we knew it was a game system that was originally developed by Alessio. Right. Yep. And also I think that the list building in the 1.0 was kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you were reading the rule book, it was like, wow, this sounds really cool, but this part is incomprehensible. It needs some tweaks. <laughs> uh, and they've, yeah. And they've really improved on that. And, and now they've gone as far as right as making like multi bases, just part of the rules. And so, I think there's just lots more things that appeal to lots more hobbyists. And also they're at that critical mass of factions where you have that Malifaux appeal where if you like an aesthetic, you can find it at this point, especially now with Sorcerer Kings coming out. Like, yeah, you want some orcs riding dinosaurs? We got you. You want some like cyberpunk looking dwarves that flip the script and they are the ones that own the dragons or, you know, like they just have these really cool sort of like, uh, uh, really, it's 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 callbacks to um, oh my god, I'm 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 gonna flub this, and I'm so bad, so bad that that war game from the early two thousands. Oh my god, why can't I think of the name of it? Anyway, the aesthetic it is it's just really cool, right? Like they have these like really cool twists on on fantasy tropes mm-hmm. and all of these things that people would like. Anyway, we're turning this into a conquest episode now. It's um, my life, but it's. It, the, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring it back around. I'm gonna bring it back around into what makes you get into a game because I know now. Now I realize this whole fucking episode, Paul was a Trojan horse, and you were just trying to get me excited. <laughs> you were 100 percent correct. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> and and I and I feel I feel like a sucker right now. So so when I got when, so excited, the one online and thought about these. those sorcerer kings. Oh my gosh. 
No, that's 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 my next question. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll 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 get there. I have a I have a natural way to get there. Uh, no, go no, go for okay. it. This is the this is it right. right now. So 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 here's here's what I want to know, Kevin, is yeah. mm-hmm. there is a scene for conquest building in Madison. That's correct. What is it going to take to get you in? Uh, the the current league for uh, Warhammer Underworlds being over. Uh, cause once, cause the thing about the league is you got to play every week. Okay. You have to play every week because the, it's a, you get points for every game you play an extra point for every game you win. And those points end up in a league bracket finals. And I, you know, I'm, am invested enough in the league that I want to play every week. Sure. No, that's and while I'm invested, while I'm invested in this league and also like getting like full steam back into flesh and blood and it's not that i was not playing flesh and blood it's just that i was playing less flesh and blood like instead of playing 40 to 50 games a month i was playing like 18 to 20 games a oh month. no <laughs> and i'm i'm like really gearing back into that i want to be out playing constantly mode sure. uh especially with the new stuff uh, it, so with the with that and with and because this carries in in the cool thing about playing warhammer underworlds is that just like flesh and blood i can tweak my deck every week i can I, and and i can put a new deck pairing in with my because we're playing nemesis as the main format which is the one where you take your rivals deck for your warband and a universal rivals deck and then sort of build out of those two and so i get to play with and tweak and try new combinations every week and that takes if you think about like my table time for a mm-hmm. game right the, the time i spend thinking about a game away from the table all of that time is with Warhammer Underworlds right now. And just the idea of getting into a game as complicated as Conquest just feels enormous. It just feels it feels like K2 and I just can't get over it right now. Sure. But knowing that the scene is here and the scene is growing and also knowing that I really like the guys that are playing the game currently, it's it's almost inevitable that I'm going to at least try First Blood. Like it, there's just no way it's not going to happen. I built the first blood list the other day and I'm so excited to play it. We've only done it once and I'm really excited I, to play that game. Yeah, we, we were actually, that was actually the original plan for tonight before Roxy got sick. Um, we we're going to go give it a try at, at one of the other local stores, uh, skirmish game night. And, and that may be, that may be what we do next week, Chris, because I'm kind of excited about the list that I built. Yep. Um, so I want, I, 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 I I don't want to get too far away from from uh, peppering Kevin with uh, uh, conquest. Well, I think it's that was a that that really does bring this back to like a real world example well, yeah. of how this happens. Yeah, that, though, that's right? what I was going to say. It was like, what is it going to take us to get Kevin to jump into a game? Right, right, yeah, and and I yeah. mean that's and, just it, right? Like, so you know, it's it's you know clearing that slate feel and and you bring up a very good point is is the 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 brain space for the game right like mm-hmm. like you need to be able to have that brain space the 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 nice thing about conquest though is that like for how complex the game is it actually doesn't take up all that much brain space it, it is very quick in in you learning things i think i think in the beginning it was a little overwhelming for me uh, but because Parabellum does a really good job with their app, they have one of the better uh, app building, uh, army list building apps out there. Um, and the way that they do it is very intuitive because, you know, they're 
<clears throat> you put a piece of war gear on it and in the app, it's already helping you build the, the it's changing the stat line of the character with all these new rules. So you don't have for to sure. think about that headspace. It's already done for you. Um, so utilizing that app really, really, really helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, yeah, it's just, I mean, just some of that cleanness there. Um, but yeah, that's, and that's, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, it's just so, it's so interesting to see what pushes people into the games, you know, and, and while I was watching yeah. that Madison, Madison scene spin up, you know, because you've, you introduced us, you know, you're, you're the one who, you're the Kickstarter guru, you pulled the games off of Kickstarter. So clearly you saw it there first, um, you know, and I think you were the one who tossed the, the old Dominion pictures to Potter that got him in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, know, I so don't yeah. have a problem. I don't have a problem with us trying to convince him to start pl- jumping into a game. He's been doing it to us for seven years. It's okay for us to do it once. Well, it's, and, and for me, it's not even like convincing. Like he's he's yeah. Kevin's in on the game. Chops, you're in on yeah, the game. I, I know you are. I am right. Like I, like, but I've been I, I've been I've I, so I've been in on the game since the first time I charged with an abomination in my demo in 2019. Yeah. I like I, I charged an A-bomb into a, a group of Hundred Kingdoms archers. Oh, those poor archers. Melted them. <laughs> those poor archers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this game fucking rules, actually. Yeah, once once you envision those archers just um, flying as he comes in, you know, uh Sauron style, like it's it's easy <laughs> to start, you know, wanting I like, to play. I like, I like that analogy. Yeah, and and that is what happened, right? You just walked in and just like slapped them like across the battlefield, um, and and I was in it there. And the reason that I didn't jump in earlier is because I didn't, I at the time, you know, when it actually launched and when the two player starter went into retail, I wasn't in a position to be a community leader, right? Because I was neck deep at that exact moment in Crisis Protocol. Mm-hmm. I was. I wanted to be playing Conquest because I thought it looked great. But at the time, I was the person in charge of demos at Noble Night every week in terms of running the community. I was going out every weekend and running demos at stores around Madison to try and get that community running. And so I couldn't be into it. So, yeah, I've, I've been into the idea of this game since day one. But this is really an interesting real world example, again, of, of what it takes to get into a game, because sometimes it being a really good game isn't enough, mm-hmm. right? The, the timing yep. has to line up, the, your interests has to line up, your disposable income and time have to line up. So, well, and that's, and that, and that's the yeah, other reason why really I thought this was an interesting comparison because, you know, that's the curve that, that Chris and I are on. We're just, you know, 12 months ahead of you on it. Um, you yeah. know, it was just the, the yeah. timing came together for us and I guess from us talking about it on Discord and whatnot, it's, it's kind of started to spread. And, and that that's really where my curiosity was, right? Like, because I know you've been in on this game since day one, right? So I, I really wanted to find out what it would take from you being like, damn, this is a fucking great game to, damn, this is a great fucking game that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, I don't think it's going to be very far from now. And, and also the game I was thinking of you guys, and I'm so embarrassed, it just hit me like a bolt of lightning is Confrontation. Confrontation. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from Rackham. Yep. Yeah. The aesthetic of, of, of confrontation is, is really like, I get very similar art style vibes and I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that some of the artists are the same on conquest. Like the AIA world builders are the same as the people that were at Rackham. Um, I forgot all about this conquest. 
Yeah. <laughs> and if you go look at some confrontation minis, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, these these kind of do look like conquest minis. Yep. Fucking, um, yeah. A little bit. Anyway, um, just to take that back. So anyway, so j- j- let's go to that. That's actually a good I, 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 I roadblocked us and we can just run into final thoughts because we're getting we're getting long in the tooth here. Uh, so the final thoughts are, there are a lot of ways to get into a game. And this, I, Paul, credit to you. I think this is a really fun topic to explore and just chat about for an hour. Uh, because it is really interesting to see what brings you into a game. Because you can't collect miniatures games the same way that a person would collect uh, cards mm-hmm. or board games or any other kind of game. Because truly every miniatures game really, I mean, outside of a very precious few, is a lifestyle choice. Yep. It takes a lot of time and a lot of personal investment to build miniatures, to paint them, to learn the rules, to get a group together. All of these things are very difficult, like an order of magnitude more difficult than playing just like a board game night or a board game group. And you don't have as much variety because if you want to paint 100 miniatures and get them on the board, that takes serious investment. Mm -hmm. And so it is really interesting to look at what it takes for a person to push into one of these games. Uh, and I think the the things that we've identified are, are probably the, the correct, most common ways that a person comes in, right? So critical mass in your area, mm-hmm. seeing people play it means that you know that your time will not be in vain, that you spend getting attached to your miniatures. That's, that's a huge one. Uh, a new addition that's another big one because getting in on the ground floor of a game feels great. Like I just told you guys, I spent, you know, an hour over my lunch printing and cutting cards for a Kickstarter card game because it's coming out. Sounds cool. And I don't want to miss out on the very beginning of a thing if it's going to be a cool thing. So that's a real deal. Uh, And that also leans into aesthetics, right? If the game's aesthetics appeal to you, that's another reason that you might jump into a game because you see something you're walking on a shelf and that shiny thing you see on the shelf is like that one. That's the game. And like for me, that was Infinity. Infinity had that uh, Infinity had that effect on me. The first time I saw those miniatures, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is cool. Um, and more so than a game like Malifaux did, right? And and Guild Ball was that way too for me. When I saw Guild Ball, the first time the aesthetic of that game, I was like, oh, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, need, I need to know more about this immediately. Soccer with stabbing, um, I'm in. <laughs> I was all exactly. about stabbing. Yeah. Could care less about the soccer <laughs> aesthetics of it. Um y- yeah, and I and I now I've completely blanked on the third the third thing we, we, we isolated. But the those these are the reasons that people get into games, right? Um and I just think it's very cool to look at this as a topic. And my final thought would be whatever it is that brings you into a war game, I hope that that war game brings you joy. Well, shit, that should be all of our final topics. We can't top that. <laughs> Just play what Paul tells you to play. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, e- it's easy for Chris. Chris is like, Paul, Paul what, what do we play? <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you when you have very bad uh, um, uh, uh, anxiety about talking to people that you don't know, it, it's very – it's you play what your friends are playing. <laughs> Paul, what game are we playing yeah, today? Much. The same game we play every Potter. <laughs> the same one we play every day, Potter. Conquest, right. last argument of kings. I, 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 w- I, w- <laughs> I, I just want to take this opportunity to point out that it's officially been 12 months of Conquest. Yep, we haven't played. Awesome. I haven't played any other game except Conquest for the last year. 
hell motherfucking yeah, guys. That's so cool. Yep. And and all right, that's a good final thought for you guys. I, I hope you guys. Uh, so listeners, I hope you find joy in your war games. And Paul and Chris, congratulations on your one year conquest anniversary. <laughs> that's so cool. Right, because because we're doing we're we're doing it. We found joy in our game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, so that that brings us to the end here. So um, I'll try and read us out as best as I can from memory here. Uh, thank you to our patrons as always. You guys keep this going. The you know the reasons we're on these super cool mics, the reasons we're you know trying to record mini episodes, all these things are for you guys. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, thank you to Static as a City as always for the front and back hint, end of our show. Your music is incredible. Was incredible. Will always be incredible. So thank you. Uh, and a final big shout out, follow us on our socials and join our discord. Our discord is a community that I am in every day and I have been in and active in every day for the last God knows how long it saved me during the pandemic, it saved me from our hours of depression. So definitely come join us. We have a really cool community there and we're into all kinds of card games, miniatures games, board games, TV shows, movies, and everything. So find us on the socials, follow us on discord, and that's it. Bye.